This is a podcast from Just World Educational, a talented team headquartered in Charlottesville, Virginia, that is educating for a just and peaceful world. Our website is at www.justworldeducational.org. I'm Helena Cobbin, the president of Just World Educational. In late May of this year, I had the great pleasure and privilege of attending a reunion in Chicago of some 40 Iraqi students who had been brought to colleges here in the United States by an organization called the Iraqi Student Project, ISP. ISP was founded in Damascus, Syria in 2006 by Gabe Huck and Teresa Kubasak, who established it as a year-long study program to prepare some of the numerous highly motivated young Iraqis who were then living as refugees in Syria for admission to colleges here in the United States. Huck and Kubasak, or Gabe and Teresa as they are much more widely known, also succeeded in winning tuition waivers for their well-prepared refugee students from various colleges around the United States, and they found some great American families to host and provide support to the Iraqi students while they were here. Between 2008 and 2012, ISP brought more than 60 Iraqi students to U.S. colleges, and when I went to the students' reunion in Chicago in May, the last cohort of them had just graduated from their colleges here. If you want to learn more about Gabe and Teresa's years in Damascus and about the unique tutoring program they ran there, look for their memoir, which was published by our friends at Just World Books earlier this year. It's called Never Can I Write of Damascus, When Syria Became Our Home, by Teresa Kubasak and Gabe Huck. Many of the Iraqi students whom I met at the Chicago reunion had been out of college for some years and were doing interesting and constructive things with their college degrees or were doing graduate studies. Sadly, because of the deterioration of the situation in Iraq, only a few of them have been able to follow through on the original intention of the program, which was that, after graduating from their colleges here in the United States, they would take their new skills back to help rebuild Iraq. Indeed, many of them have been applying for refugee status here in the United States. At the Chicago reunion, I was able to sit down and talk with two of the ISP graduates who have been paying it forward by taking some very inspiring actions related to the ongoing crisis in Iraq. One of these was Taif Jani, who since graduating from college has pursued his interest in public policy at a number of institutions in Washington, D.C. and New York. Until recently, Taif was working with a D.C.-based organization called EPIC, the Education for Peace in Iraq Center. One thing he did while he was there was to set up a program called Soka Salam, using the Arabic word for peace. Soka Salam provides aid for some of the many refugees and displaced people there are now inside Iraq, people who have fled from the violence of ISIS. And their aid also involves sending soccer balls along with the food and other essentials, 
with the goal of providing some element of joy for the many children in the displaced and refugee families. I talked with Taif about his experience as an Iraqi refugee in Syria some 10 years ago, which was when he first connected with ISP. We talked about the time he spent in the ISP's tutoring program and as a refugee student here in the United States, about the things he's done since he graduated, including the Soccer Salam program, and about how the pain of being a refugee has continued. Here's how our conversation went. Taif, um, I'd love to ask you a little bit about your youth and growing up in Iraq. Um, just the main things that you know you would like people to know about you. Okay, well, uh, I'll try to keep this uh, as short as possible. But I, I grew up in Baghdad in a family of uh, six. I have two brothers and sister, and uh, we come from the Mendean community, which is a very um, ancient uh, monotheistic religious group in Iraq uh, that dates, you know, five thousand years ago. Uh, not a lot of people know about them. Um, I stayed in Iraq until 2006, and, um, and that's when I uh, moved to Syria, and I was a refugee for about two years. Um, How old were you at that point? I was 14 uh, when I moved, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then in 2008 I arrived to the United States. Um, yeah, so that's briefly so so. When you were in Damascus, is that that when was when you worked with the Iraqi Student Project? So uh, yeah, that's in two thousand and seven. Mm -hmm. uh, I left Iraq in late two thousand and six, uh, and in two thousand and seven, my my mother was actually going grocery shopping, and, and she came back with a journalist who was interested in our story and why we left Iraq, and with him came this interpreter who knew the, the founders of the Iraqi Student Project, Gabe uh, and Teresa. And um, she told me, she asked me if I spoke English, I said a little bit at the time, and uh, she said, well, I know these people, they have an idea, would you be interested in mm -hmm. talking to them? The next uh, evening, uh, Gabe and Teresa came to our apartment, met my, met my family, and um, we, uh, yeah, that's when I kind of joined the Iraqi Student Project, and for those who don't know what ISP is, uh, it's basically a grassroots effort to that helped uh, six groups of Iraqi students to come and study uh, here in the United States, finish their undergraduate. So what were the most valuable parts of the ISP training from your perspective? Uh, first thing first, basically English, 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 uh, but also uh, creating a sense of community and bringing young Iraqis together of all uh, religious and ethnic backgrounds mm -hmm. and put them all together where there's no really differences between them, between the students and uh, you know, teach them as much as possible about what is it like to live in, in America and give them the necessary tools to succeed in, in, uh, in schools. So I gather there was a lot of um, writing and personal writing and Absolutely. critical thinking. Yeah. And were these skills that you had before or they... I, I, I mean, some students did. Uh, mm -hmm. Personally, I, I wouldn't say I, I had those skills, especially in English. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, it was definitely a new experience to me, but I think they did a great job in kind of 
opening our minds into uh, the thinking uh, in new realities and uh, uh, different fields. Yeah. So, um, do you have a couple of little vignettes about your time at ISP? Um, what do you mean? It's fine if you don't. No, like you mean the memories? Or yeah, just like funky things that you did. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, the best thing that, you know, that happened to me with ISP is, you know, finding friends through it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I still remember um, we used to hang out, me and my other group of friends, my close friends who also were part of ISP. And we'd, every time we'd finish the, doing the writer's workshop with Kate and Teresa, I would leave. And then we'd walk around the old, uh, old city, old Damascus. Um, then we'd go to the British Council, which was basically a library where we had access to the internet and books, and that's where we'd go and do our homework. Um, I, I love those days. We also used to travel a lot together, like around Syria. So, yeah. Oh, so for a refugee, I mean, that was quite a quite a life, really, um, to have have purpose in your life. Well, I mean, yeah, definitely. I would say that mm -hmm. ISP gave, gave me a purpose, but, uh, you know, on the other hand, being a refugee is not uh, a glamorous life. Right. So we were trying to make the best of it, and I think uh, ISP really gave us so many opportunities mm -hmm. to do things that we would not do um, otherwise, but um, it, it wasn't as easy as it sounds to be a refugee. We just were very driven to... Mm -hmm. to make this a reality. So which college did you come to here? Um, so I was accepted to go to Union College in upstate New York, in Schenectady, New York, and yeah, I arrived in August 2008. And what were some of your first impressions coming here to, to the United States? Oh, so many. I mean, um, it was, it's been always a dream for me to come to this country mm -hmm. ever since I was a kid. Uh, I dreamed about it every night. Uh, so it was a little bit unrealistic for me at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I uh, was a little bit in shock, but um, I love. I just love the how diverse this this country is, and uh, you know, meet people from all kinds of backgrounds. Uh, I love the food here. That I can have access to all kinds of cuisines. Um, and you know, some of my first impressions. I was just really overwhelmed, I guess, by how much there is to do especially as a young college student. Mm -hmm. um, and I, so you were actually pretty young as a college student. Right. You were yeah. 16, 17 when you came? Uh, I came, I was 17. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So your first time living away from your, your mom and your family and first time living out of... By uh, myself. Yeah. Definitely. So what, what did you major in in college? I studied sociology and French. So mm -hmm. I double majored in these two. And... Uh, yeah, I graduated in 2012. And uh, had you done any French studies before? Yeah, I studied French in high school. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't as intensive of courses mm -hmm. as they were in college, but um, I love I love the language. So then you went to work for Epic, which is the no, no not quite. So mm -hmm. I uh, my my work history. I uh, I started interning. I started as an intern on on the Hill with Congressman Keith Ellison mm -hmm. uh, the spring right before my graduation, and that's kind of what got me interested in to live in Washington D.C. Um, and right after that, I interned with the Arab American Institute, um, 
which is a nonprofit uh, that that works to empower Arab Americans here in Wash here in, in the states. And then I worked for Congressional Coralie um, for quite some time. Then to the Mennonite Central Committee, and then I joined Epic in mm -hmm. 2014. Oh, so you were working for the Mennonite Central Committee in, in Washington, D.C.? Uh, in New York. Okay. For, for just the summer. Oh, at the U.N. office? Right. Oh, cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, in your work with Epic, first of all, remind me what Epic stands for. It's Education... Education for Peace in Iraq Center. Okay. Right. And um, how long have you worked? did you work there? Uh, I worked for two and a half years, over mm -hmm. two and a half and, years. And what kind of programs were you working on? Oh, boy, everything uh, uh, started with... Uh, uh, the first thing that I did with Epic was uh, uh, delivering a petition to the White House and uh, on Congress, uh, which basically stated uh, that the U.S. should kind of engage in a long-term strategy for peace and development in Iraq. And, mm -hmm. um, and then after that, we worked on a, a program to help uh, delivering educational needs to displaced. Well, first started to uh, to help refugees, Syrian refugee children in Iraq to deliver, uh, provide them with educational needs. And then we... The, oh, wow, so you had been an Iraqi refugee in Syria, and now you were working on helping right. Syrian refugees in Iraq. In Iraq. Wow. So um, that, um, the program uh, is called Tent Ed, um, and uh, it expanded so that that's when we started not only helping the Syrian refugee children, but also the displaced Iraqi children. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, so my baby program, which is it's called Soccer Salam, uh, and it's a uh, kind of a com uh, combination effort of different partners um, to uh, deliver humanitarian uh, emergency humanitarian assistance to uh, displaced families and their children in Iraq who are uh, who are displaced uh, by ISIS. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the idea of soccer salam, we wanted to give these children. Uh, you know, not only the needs for them to survive, but also the opportunity to play and be children like any other mm -hmm. kids around the world. Because really, as a displaced child, it's so hard to forget what these kids go through and how much trauma they uh, they uh, they have to face. So we kind of wanted to give them an opportunity to take a break and uh, you know be get out there and run after a ball. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Soccer Salam has been a great success. Uh, we've Did you set up, set up a league or you, you deliver soccer balls? We exactly. organize teams? So we, the Soccer Salam, we raise money mm -hmm. uh, here in this. We deliver the money to our partner in Iraq. It's called the Iraq Health Access Organization. Mm -hmm. And then they go and purchase the necessary supplies and soccer, including soccer balls. And they go around to basically areas and camps Mm -hmm. uh, displacement camps that other larger um, aid agencies can't go to, mm -hmm. um, and that that was kind of our focus is to find really vulnerable populations mm -hmm. who have not had any access to humanitarian aid and try to give them um, something. Um, yeah, and if uh, your audience is interested to learn more about uh, soccer salam, I'd encourage them to go to. Uh, um, uh, our website, which is uh, crowdwise.com slash soccer salam. Mm -hmm. um, 
and it's a fundraising effort that we're trying to fundraise right now. And it and um, it's still going on. It's still going on. Um, we'd love people to more people to well, learn that, more that, about that's it. That's great. So, um, moving a little bit fast here, you've recently left um, Epic, and you're going to go and work. <laughs> Go and work for people for the American way. Right. Um, what kind of things will you be doing there? What's, what will your job be? Uh, a, a lot of my work is going to be uh, working on providing uh, resources and training to uh, uh, young uh, elected le leaders in the mm -hmm. United States. Who some of them are uh, members of Congress, uh, city council, just mm -hmm. so. Uh, there, there will be a lot of research and diving into the. So, are you going to be giving them resources and information about foreign affairs or uh, about everything? I think a lot of it will be focused on, uh, on uh, public mm -hmm. policy, but uh, there's an opportunity to to provide uh, some of my experience on foreign policy. Mm -hmm. I think that would be uh, quite a. And you'll be headquartered in DC. That's right. But traveling around the country or organizing programs in D.C.? I'm, I'm not really you sure. You don't know yet. Might be, yeah, it's, it's Have you become an American citizen? No, not quite. I'm just an asylum right now. Okay. So uh, how long will that take? So I've already got my asylum and I um, just filed for my permanent residency. Mm -hmm. So the process for asylum took me about two and a half years to obtain it and then a year, I've been waiting for a year to file for the green card, and then for the mm -hmm. citizenship, it's four years, five years to that. So it's a quick long process. So what's happened to your f family um, that were with you in, in Damascus? Okay. Well, that's a big question. Um, so the main reason why we left um, Iraq in the first place back in late 2006, early 2007, was uh, my father was kidnapped um, and by an unknown group. No one knows really who took him. Uh, and it was the incident happened on his way back from work. Um, and uh, my father disappeared since that day. No one really uh, knows where he is right now or what happened to him. So, um, and then after that, uh, you know, we were threatened. Um, and you know, that's when we moved to, mm -hmm. uh, that's what made us go to Syria. So, uh, were a lot of members of the Mandaean community threatened at that time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, unfortunately, uh, our present-day minorities in Iraq face a tremendous amount of mm -hmm. discrimination, and Mandaeans have been one of these groups that have been facing uh, discrimination for years now, even before mm -hmm. uh, the 2003 invasion. However, the scale of, uh, of discriminating against Mandaeans got so much worse after 2003 with the march of so many militias and other groups. So what is your mom and, and your siblings doing? Uh, currently, uh, my mom and my sister are in, in Australia. Um, my sister's trying to finish her school, mm -hmm. and my mom is just there. <laughs> um, and then I have a brother in Sweden, he's a pharmacist, and another brother in France who's trying to receive his degree in uh, computer science. Oh, wow, so, so many 
Iraqi refugee families just completely fragmented. I mean, it, right. that must be really uh, painful. <laughs> especially for such a culture that, uh, you know, the Iraqi culture really pushed more towards, you know, a strong family bond. Mm. So to that, you know, having your primary family so far away and so spread out mm -hmm. uh, is not easy, but um, no, there's nothing that you can do on the... Uh, at least I know that they're safe, and that, that's what it's that's worth, worth a lot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much. Thank you really so much. Thanks for having talk, me. Talk with you. Likewise. Since Taif and I talked in Chicago in late May, he has joined the staff of People for the American Way. You can learn more about the Soccer Salam project he was working on earlier via the EPIC website which is at epic-usa.org. In the next edition of the Just World podcast, we'll meet another of the ISP graduates who's been doing inspiring things inside Iraq, Dr. Sarah Ahmed. She is currently the Director of Middle Eastern Operations for a UK-based charity called the Foundation for Relief and Reconciliation in the Middle East. You can check back at our website, www.justworldeducational.org to learn when that one will be posted.